podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Zuffy, and as always, my trusty co-host, Ben Aiton. Ben, Watford 141, it's Sunday morning, how are you feeling? I'm doing alright mate, yeah, it's always good to record a podcast after a convincing victory. Um, so yeah, in a good mood, I'm looking forward to recording this one with you. Yeah, likewise. And uh, we're not on our own, ladies and gents. It's not just me and Ben. The wind was that good, we thought we'll call in the, the third member, if you like. Uh, we've got James from the Watford Way. James, how are you doing this Sunday morning? Well, fantastically well, fantastically well. That's exactly what um, the doctor ordered, a comprehensive win. And yeah, I'm doing great. And Christmas decorations are going up today, so I um, couldn't be happier. <laughs> oh, even better, mate. Even better. Yes, um, a convincing win for the Hornets 4-1. I must say, ladies and gents, before we do start, um, <laughs> possibly the lads have told me that this was the most convincing performance thus far. Um, I didn't get to watch it. So I don't know if that's a sign, if someone's trying to tell me something. So um, I've I've watched the extended highlights today and uh, the, the lads have filled me in. But typical that we play that well and I don't get to watch it. I was in fact helping with a friend who had just moved into a new house and uh, spent the afternoon or the day stripping wallpapers. So uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Anyway... Moving on to the, the game itself, um, let's start with the team moves, boys. We we saw a 4-3-3 in midweek against Bristol, surprised us a little bit, and then obviously we've been playing a different formation throughout the season. Um, almost said Javi Garcia then. Um, Vladimir Ivic alluded to he may stick with the 4-3-3 when he spoke to the Watford Observer in the press conference, but that wasn't the case boys, it was a 4-4-2, it was just a one change, um, João Pedro come out the side and Troy Deeney come in and naturally he took the captain's armband, Ben when you looked at that starting 11 did you think okay, 4-4-2 Graham Deeney up top, what, what were your initial thoughts when you looked at that team considering we, we'd completely changed the formation from Wednesday night Well for starters I was surprised that Gray managed to get another start because I don't think he deserved it after his midweek performance. Uh, I was shocked that he actually came out of the side, uh, he stayed in the side and Joe Pedro came out of the side. Um, But um, if we we were going to put maybe a striker in, I think most fans on Twitter and social media were calling for Parisio to come in. Um, But it was Troy Deeney that got the nod and maybe Ivic thought if we play two up top we might get the best out of Andre Gray. uh-huh. And I, I think I think we saw spells of it uh, first ten fifteen minutes, um, but yeah, it, it was it was interesting to see that we changed formation yet again. I think that might have been our third or fourth formation change of the season. It was indeed. You say Andre Gray played well for the first ten fifteen minutes. What you basically mean is till he come off injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought he did all right until we backheeled it in our own penalty oh, box, and we nearly. Oh God! Don't talk about that. <laughs> Do you know what, James? I'm going to come on to you and ask your opinion on the starting eleven. But when I saw the highlights this morning, I saw Gray do that. I just turned back over and went to sleep. I thought, <laughs> is that how it went? <laughs> but yeah, James, um, considering we went from a 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2 midweek mm. to, to now, was you surprised at the formation change? Or No, I wasn't surprised because I don't think the 4-3-3 really worked very well against Bristol. And I kind of thought that Vladimirovic may revert back to his preferred back five formation um, with the two wing-backs. So I was actually quite surprised to see him change it up again. Mm-hmm. And um, and go with a four four two, and especially because um, Domingos Kina actually ended up playing um, essentially on the left wing, and um, and yeah, he he did really well in that role. Um, so yeah, I was obviously Deeney and Gray had been calling um, to play together. They said they work well in the partnership. So obviously, as Ben said, I was excited to see that. Unfortunately, um, Andre Gray got injured after fifteen minutes, so we couldn't see as much as we would have liked. But overall, I was, I was happy with the formation when it came out. 
You say yeah, as I think much that as was... we would have liked. Yeah, that's, that was as much as we did like. <laughs> it's a shame, though, isn't it? Because it looks like he's, he's injured his the same hamstring as he did at the start of the season. So that's going to be him probably out for another six, seven weeks. But that oh, could be a blessing no. as well. Oh, no. Six, seven weeks. Damn it. Um, interesting. I just want to stick on the formation for a while. Um, we put a poll out on our Twitter uh, I think you alluded to it just a minute ago, Ben, where we asked our fans if they thought we stick with a 4-3-3, 5-3-2, know. We had some very, very interesting answers. But as you said, Ben, I think a lot of people were perhaps looking for maybe Parizza to, to partner. Well, maybe not to partner Troy, but if we were going to play a 4-3-3, to play Parizza in the middle. Um, you know, myself, I said 4-3-3, but stick Paritz essentially um, I think we we had just looking for a couple here now uh, Luke Bird said 4-4-2 Dini and Gray up top Shah and Zhao wings Chalaba box to box Caputo sit deep same back four um, essentially not far off the team we put out yesterday but um, it'll be interesting to see now after such a convincing performance if that is the route that we're going to take for the rest of the season um, do you think Ben that with Gray, obviously, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but you would imagine he'll miss a couple of games. Do you think if we we will, firstly, do you think we will stick with 4-4-2 now that Gray's not there? And if we do, do you think that a partnership of Parizza and Troy would work? Because they're two sort of big blokes. I mean, Troy's a big bloke in, in a different sense to Parizza, but you, you get what I mean. Yeah, I, I can see this formation staying. Um, we looked very comfortable yesterday. Um, we, we played really well. It's the best performance of the season, so you wouldn't really want to change away from it. I just want to say, I think it's it's a good flexibility within the squad that can adapt to so many of these formation changes. Yes. I think it's credit to Ivic on this. Um, but who would I partner Troy up the top with? It's got to be Joel Pedro. Um, when he came on yesterday... Um, it, it, it's difficult for a player to come off a bench when someone's injured and you've got to go quickly warm up and you've got to get into the game straight away. I thought it was tremendous yesterday. I thought it was outstanding. I thought he was finding lots of pockets of space. He was creating opportunities. He, he got himself a goal. He was unlucky to have an offside goal as well. I, th- I thought it was outstanding. So he, he was linking up with Troy really well. So I think going forward, it was probably going to be Troy Dini and Joel Pedro for me. Yeah, interesting. Quickly on that, James. Um partnership up, up top if it's a 4-4-2 with no grade? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with Ben. I think that, yeah. um, I think you, when Jao Pedro come on, you could see the difference in, in quality, quite frankly, between um, him and Andre Gray. In just the way that he carried the ball and the way he was going past players, I think that Andre Gray sometimes, and Jao Pedro is probably guilty of this as well, um, to an extent, but he's sometimes um, guilty of doing little flicks and tricks um, when he shouldn't. But um, in terms yeah. of ball carrying and and link-up play with other players, um, especially Troy, João Pedro was absolutely superb. And yeah, I've got no complaints about him starting up top. Yeah, and obviously we've, we've mentioned him um, quite a bit so far, but staying on the conversation of Troy Deeney, just how much of an influence was it to see him starting yesterday, Ben, in the starting eleven with the captain's armband? He set up Chalaba for his goal. Um, I, I think he made a, a couple of other chances that um, I, I think we missed or didn't quite go in. But how influential was Troy Deeney to the starting eleven yesterday? Massive. It's the yeah. Troy Deeney of what we, we know of. He, he just brings leadership. He brings um, presence. He brings the vocal side as well because there's not many Watford players who bring that vocal side at the moment, it's probably just Foster and yeah. William True Zukon, and that would probably be it. Um, so, yeah, it was good to have him back in the side. And I thought he had a really good game. Um, he put in a shift. Uh, yeah. He was linking up play really well. Just look at an example between him and Chalabar for 1-2. Um, what yeah. a gorgeous flip that was. And I think he did a 1-2 with Pedro, uh, and he was on the other end of us. had a shot that just fizzed wide. I think the keeper might have just got a, a strong hand to it to pull it wide. But... Um, Troy had a really good game. It was a really good captain's performance, I thought. Um, got, got himself a goal and he got himself an assist. And that's 70 minutes in his legs as well. And that's massive for him. Yeah. And also as well, um, he got the he chested it down for Saar 
who then tried to get um, a touch on it and then obviously won us the penalty. So, you know, he was, it was he just was involved in, in everything yesterday. Yeah. That's what you want. I think Watford have really lacked that number nine striker this season. We've, we, we created a lot of chances through Troy Deeney yesterday and this is the way forward. Yeah, uh, and I think he's hopefully, I know it's just one performance, but if he carries on in that rich vein of form like he did yesterday, He'll prove a lot of doubters wrong because, believe me, we know he's got doubters out there, uh, which is a shame. But let's I've got talk a about quick stat as well. Troy Deeney's penalty means that he has now scored in eleven consecutive seasons for Watford. Wow, that is incredible. Um, let's hope that he can keep the goals coming, whether it be via penalties or whether it be um, open play. I know he missed a chance yesterday, but we're jumping ahead there. Um, let's actually start with. The goal, well, the game itself, a um, little bit of a scare, sort of, I think it was about two, three minutes in. Um, mm-hmm. Pearson, was it? Uh, no, Maguire for Preston North End. Um, was your heart in your mouth a little bit, James? Or did you think, nah, Fuzzy's got that covered all day? Nah, yeah, Foster had that covered. I think I think that um, you, t- you touched on that shot there from outside. It was outside the box. Yeah. Pretty much throughout, throughout the whole game, that's what we limited Preston to, shots outside the box. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sometimes it can take a little deflection. Sometimes it can go in. But no, I think he had that covered all the way, really. And um, obviously tipped it over the bar for a corner. Was you, you a little bit worried that you thought, oh, no, if they're getting shots off like this, you know, is this going to be the pattern of the game? Are we going to be under consistent pressure? Or was, was you not worried at all? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Going into the game, yeah. um, I don't think we've actually mentioned it so far. I think Preston had 11 first-team players out. Um, injured or suspended, so for me it was a real opportunity, um, you know, to to stake our claim to stake our claim on the game. Yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't worried. It was only two or three minutes into the game. Um, we obviously naturally dominate possession with with the players we've got. So no, I wasn't worried at all. Yeah, well, you say that was only two, three minutes. It only took nine minutes for us to get on the score sheet. Uh, Ishmael Assar putting a ball into the back post and Domingos Quina was in the right place at the right time to finish home. Um, looked a hint of offside, but who cares? Um, goal's a goal. Brilliant play again. Ishmael Assar, Ben, me and you spoke on YouTube Live on Wednesday night. We said that he's not sort of looking at his best, but he's still pulling. He, he's still got three goals. Uh, I don't know where he is in the assist table. You're usually my man for the uh, the stats table, Ben, but uh, I don't know if you've got that off hands. But um, if he's not, he, obviously he's not playing to his full potential, we think, but he's still pulling off assists like that. And it, it's good for Quinner to get a goal because he's. We we also spoke at length in another podcast with Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages, um, saying we we worry that he might not be able to sort of cement a place in starting 11 but that will do wonders for his confidence do, do, do you think then? Yeah I thought it was brilliant yesterday as well um, I think the, the goal it actually it actually came from Kiko yesterday the goal the first goal um, I thought yeah. he was tremendous down the left hand side yesterday yet again um, he got the ball in the left hand side cut inside out of the shot from about 30 yards keeper got a strong hand to it I mean Quinn was just quick to react he kept the ball in play put a cross in I think Preston defender got ahead on it Fell to saw on the edge of a box, a couple of touches, got it out of his feet, and it was tremendous cross, absolutely pinch perfect at ball um, into Quina. And Quina was, it was good to see him attacking the back post and just tucking it away. But yeah, Saar was much better yesterday. He, he, his work rate was brilliant. We wanted a 90 minute performance from Saar, haven't we? Um, yes. I don't think we've really had it prior to this game but he was brilliant yesterday he was very lively um, he, he probably had about three or four chances to score himself yesterday but yeah I think that's his third assist of the season and also I just want to say for an attacking player his defensive work yesterday was incredible yeah yeah no well as you say we, we were looking for a complete 90 minute performance I think that was probably a, a better way to say it before I get absolutely hammered in my mentions by Watford fans for saying that SARS crap but um yeah, no, brilliant um, stuff from Ishmael Asar to, to find Quinner there. Uh, we did have the ball in the net again. Um, Troy Deeney yesterday as well, set pieces, massive. Uh, I think set pieces generally have been sort of better than recent seasons this season. I don't know if that's something that Ivic has heavily focused on. but because um, we've got Garner taking them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Garner's been a bit hit and miss. QPR game, I thought his set pieces um, were a bit poor. Well, especially his corners. But... Um, yeah, 
So the corner come in, Troy peels off his man and um, finds a, a rocket header and João Pedro tapped it in almost sort of a carbon copy-ish of uh, Domingo Squina's goal. But uh, unfortunately, it was flagged offside. But again, it's showing that João Pedro's learning the game, Ben, because we spoke about in the very early podcasts that it's going to take Pedro time to sort of find his feet and settle in English football. He perhaps wasn't making runs. His positional, you could sort of forgive that his positioning wasn't great because he's still learning the English game and sort of learning football. But that's where you want him. Like Places like that, that's where he's going to pick up goals. And I, he is our top scorer with five goals now. But um, I think he's going to find a lot of goals are going to come to him like that. He's just literally being in the right place at the right time. And a good striker will find those spaces. But it's a shame it was offside, yeah? Yeah, so. I agree. I think it, it's, it's, he's, he's slowly learning the game. Like he's, he's a young guy, isn't he? He's 19 years of age. And he, he just needs to get in the right place at the right time. But with games, he's, he's slowly learning. And he's doing that. Like yesterday, for example, he, he was in the same position twice. One was offside and one was in the back of the net. If yeah. he carries on doing that, he's going to get goals. Yeah, yeah, double figures this season, I think, for uh, for Joe Pedro. Do, would you agree with that, James? Double figures, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, it was just, um, I thought it was just a relief to see one of our players um, hanging on that back post. Or yeah. obviously, based for for me, we need our players to commit to commit more when crosses come in because I've seen numerous crosses from from either flank this season just go across the face of goal, and um, and we've not had a player there. And Jean, and. João Pedro, Domingos Quina, there at the back post yesterday, ready to tap that in. And um, look, if, you, if you're there, it's, it's, an, it's an easy goal to score. So, yeah, I was absolutely delighted. Yeah, yeah. So, it was uh, that goal that I was talking about just obviously was chalked off for uh, offside. So, at the break, um, it was 1-0. And it, it was generally a, a very comfortable first half. You look at the stats, nine shots on, uh, well, nine attempts, five of those on target. Um, so, you know, it, we looked relatively comfortable going in, uh, but we we sort of needed to kill the game off, which we've struggled to do in the last few weeks or this season, I should say. Um, so when 52 minutes is on the clock in the second half and Troy Dean has just chested that ball down and Sarah's got a toe on it and then being brought down, you're thinking Troy's going to hammer this. And I think the pressing goalkeeper, he's done something I've never seen a goalkeeper do against Troy Dean. He's definitely done his homework because he just stood up. He sort of, he thought, I know where Troy's going. I'll try and palm this out. But the power of that penalty, Ben, how have we have missed that so much, haven't we? A Troy Deeney hammer penalty straight down the middle. But listen, it'll be great for Troy to get back on the score sheet. I know he's not someone that you would necessarily think, oh, well, he's struggling with confidence because he's a very confident man. But that will do him wonders, I think. And, to see both strikers on the score sheet yesterday is a massive plus as well. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good ball into the box by Ngakia and uh, Troy, lovely chest down uh, in the path of Saar. I don't think it was a penalty. Saar was going down before there was even contact made to him. You reckon? So I think we, yeah. What do you think, James? Yeah, I don't even think there was contact, to be honest with yeah. you, really. I'm, I'm watching it back now, but there's no contact at all. He's he's actually bought one off a ref there. Um, but look, we're going to get them. It's it's interesting what Troy says as well. I think he's, he's working for the talk sport now. He actually yeah. says that big teams get big... They get the big decisions. And like in the Premier League, we didn't get any decisions. And he, he openly said on TalkSport that, that we're, we're a big team in the Championship now. We've had decisions going for our favour. Like we've had that, the goal against Stoke where um, Pedro bundled the oh. keeper over the line and it was given. And, and yesterday, another one, I think another decision's gone our way when I don't think we um, really deserved it. But we'll definitely take it. Um, but yeah, Troy Dean's penalty, I think he's one of the best penalty takers I've ever seen. Um, Fair play to the keeper for trying to stay there, but Troy almost took his head off. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you really are like really playing it risky, trying to stand your ground and trying to palm one of those out because if you're getting a hand to it, your hand's going in the back of the net as well. <laughs> um, you know, we, the thing I love about Troy is he's so cool and confident. He said to, he said in a, an interview a couple of years ago now, uh, we know how open and honest he is. He says that he doesn't care if he misses a penalty. He's never going to change the area in which he's putting that penalty in. So he's just going to hammer it down the middle. I think 
cast your minds back to Newcastle last season when we won. Um, he's he told the Bravka on the second penalty. He says, "I'm going that same way," and he did it. And the Bradford, he, he knew that he was going to do it, but it's just too powerful. But it'll be great. It's great to get Troy up and running. And again, I'll both ask you now, I think double figures for Troy this season. And I think he will start having a run in this team now, especially after yesterday. Ben, firstly, do you agree with that? Do you see him, A, having a regular run in the, the, the team and B, getting double figures? Yeah, I think you've got to build the attack around Troy Deeney, really. Um, get the players in and around him, and that's where we're going to get the chances. I think he could easily get 10 goals this season. Yeah. It's unfortunate that he's only just, that was his first start yesterday, and we're, we're going into December next week. Yeah. Um, so he has missed a large portion of games. I think 13 games is missed. So I don't think he will going to be hitting the 20 goals, which he, he has done in previously years in the Championship. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's definitely capable of getting 10 goals. James, 10 goals for yeah, Troy this season? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think the championships is level, isn't it? I think the Whoa. championships where you know he's played his best football for Watford throughout his career, and okay. uh, and yeah, based on based on that second half performance yesterday, especially, um, I see no reason why why he can't be hitting double figures at all. You almost I don't know got about your... you. Yeah, but do you? Th- I, I just want to see him score from open play. I, yeah. I, I love I love the confidence that he's got for taking penalties. But for ex- example, if, like the ball went over the back of the pressing defenders yesterday, and he had a free header. It was like Lloyd Doyley would have sucked that in the back <laughs> of the net, and he he managed to find it halfway into a rookery. So he's got he's got he got himself in a good position there, but he's got to do better. He's got to find a target. So it, I think he, I don't know if there's a there's some confidence or something, confidence issues with him from open play, but really, I would love him to get 10 goals from open play. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that header as well, Ben, because I think when I was watching... Early. Yeah, when I was watching the game, I just thought he should have had like a hat trick. Like, he, sh- he should have put these opportunities away. Um, as as yeah. Ben said earlier, there was an opportunity he, he had, I think it was early in the second half or late in the first half where he had the shot from the edge of the box that got saved. And I just think on another day, he might have had two or three. Um, but but you know hopefully as you say the goals will come and um, and yeah we'll get the old Shoyini back. Yeah, James, you almost got yourself a lifetime ban on this show a minute ago when you said this is his level, and then you back <laughs> it up afterwards. You says this is where he's consistently performed. This is a level he's consistently performed for Watford. <laughs> I was like that's better. Uh, you do not slag off Shoyini on this show, um, but no, yeah. In all seriousness, I, I don't want them to be just penalty goals because there are people on Twitter that say, "Well, he just scores penalties." Uh, yes, he does. He is the penalty taker. If we get penalties, he's going to take it. Uh, but I would like to see him score from more open play, and he was very unlucky with that chance that you mentioned, Ben. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, Troy obviously did put us 2-1 up. Little than three minutes later, um, Preston found a way back into it. Now, um, Sky Sports and all of them have still given Barkhausen the, the goal, um, but it looked as if it would, took a massive deflection off James Garner. And it was... Uh, yeah, it looked like it was... It looked like it was going wide as well. Um, so I don't know how he's been credited with the goal. It, it took a horrible deflection. Foster was wrong-footed. And it, it was so undeserved because we deserved a clean sheet yesterday. We defended yeah. so well. And like James said, we limited them to shots outside the box. And then we, we just conceded from such a cruel deflection. It was it was disappointing. But like the game against Coventry, it's how, how do you react? Uh, we conceded within start. minutes. Yeah. Um, like back-to-back goals didn't we in a couple of minutes but yesterday the reaction was brilliant and we was on the front foot yet again yeah we was you you mentioned that goal personally when I watched it back this morning I thought Fozzie's got that covered all day or it's going wide Uh, but unfortunately they did get a goal back Um, and as you say Ben look what happened against Coventry look like Look what happened against Stoke. That's what we've seen from this Watford team, which we've not seen in a Watford team for a long, long time. If you score a goal and then they immediately reply, no matter whether it's to draw level or just pull one back, you would start to see Watford teams, just the confidence would just disappear. But Barkhausen scored in the 55th minute. Three minutes later, Nathaniel Chalabar, where the bloody hell has that been hiding? Link up to play with Troy Deeney, and I think this is what we talked about, Troy Deeney's influence and just these little flicks, and you know, we, we really appreciated him starting yesterday. James, where the bloody hell is Nathaniel Chalabar? I've not seen Nathaniel Chalabar score a, a really tidy goal like that 
since the, his goal against Leicester. That absolute oh, thunder rocket. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. I, I was I was up out my seat when he scored that. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was almost done like the half volley, wasn't it? Right into yes. the bottom uh, left-hand corner of that goal. And oh, I was just delighted for Nathaniel Chalaber because you've touched on it in previous pods, Mike and Ben. Yeah. And I think that there is a agenda against Nathaniel Chalaber in the fan base where if we have... One of them's in this call. Yeah, I think... I think sometimes, like, if, if Watford have a bad performance, I think a lot of the blame does go on the final Chalibur, and sometimes rightly so. Um, but, but I thought he was absolutely excellent yesterday, and he capped it off with, with that goal. And, and let me just say, that Troy Deeney flick was Lionel Messi-esque. It was absolutely fantastic, and, and yeah, absolutely delighted for Nate as well. You're welcome back on the show any time after that, Jones. Uh, hey, can, ben, I, can I just say that? Yeah, I was going to say, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and hands up I've, I've, I've given him a lot of stick um, for the last few weeks and I think it's, it's been deserved um, but yesterday he, he put in a performance and Vasva Chalabar that we, we all remember I thought it was, he was really good and once he got the goal you could see the confidence was back into him straight away and he was yeah. oozing with class and yeah credit where credit's due um, he, he, was, he was brilliant yesterday I think we're going to see a lot more consistent performances from Chalaba yesterday. He needed a goal like that. He needed a performance like that. I would love nothing more than to see even a glimpse of the Nathaniel Chalaba from the 2012-13 season. Oof, what a player he was. Um, so, yeah, he, he put us back in front, 3-1, the scoreline was. Um, we did see Parizza and um, Ben Wilmot come on. Uh, Kiko coming off for Wilmot and Troy Deeney making way for Parizza. I'm not surprised that Troy didn't get a full game. It's the first game he started in how many games? Well, all season. Um, mm. So Parizza to come on, I think, was absolutely right. Um, and then just three minutes after that, we, we don't mess around. Whenever something happens, like a goal or a substitution, we don't mess around this season. Four, 74 minutes on the clock and the corner come in from James Garner, uh, Kafka near post, your routine training stuff, near post, he's flicked it onto the back post, and as we said earlier, it is so nice to see somebody connect, you've got a striker in those positions, João Pedro tapped the own bed, um, and I think, again, we're talking about players gaining confidence from these things, I know it was just a tap in, but this is going to build him into a player that will get double figures, and I'm really excited to see what Jao Pedro can do, Ben. Well, the tapping's a tapping. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's goal. a goal at the end. It's goal to goal, isn't it? And yeah. the best strikers out there score tappings. Um, he's going to be buzzing from getting one of those in. Um, but yeah, it, it's so refreshing to see someone so young coming in, learning, grafting hard and getting the rewards. And he fully deserves his goal yesterday. Like I said, it was a really good performance from him. But I just want to say, I thought James Garner yesterday was tremendous as well. I thought his energy in midfield, his work rate, his interceptions, his tackling, his vision of passing was absolutely brilliant yesterday and I thought his set pieces were much better yesterday Yeah, absolutely um, Not much else happened after the, the, the João Pedro goal um, you, we, it, it was just substitutions galore Preston decided 10 minutes to go, they'd make three subs, I don't know why they didn't perhaps make them earlier on but that's for a Preston podcast to talk about uh, and then we saw a first league appearance for Sierra Elsa coming on for Craig Cathcart uh, and then Dan Phillips coming on at the same time for James Garner. Now, uh, we, we sort of talked at the start of the season that uh, it is nice to see Dan Phillips in and around the squad and I'm a little bit gutted he didn't actually get a loan move because uh, I think that would have benefited him massively because I do think he, he will play for Watford uh, like first team football in, in the not so distant future. Um, I, I, I hope that he uh, gets some form of Regular first team football this season, whether he goes out on loan in January, the January transfer window opening. So, hopefully, that's the case. But yeah, I think that about rounds up a, a fantastic 4 1 win. And I'm still gutted that the first blooming game that I don't watch this season and we go and win 4 1 really is a sign. Um, hopefully, we can carry that form into uh, Wednesday night, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, guys, I, I think we're all itching to talk about it. And although it's not complete capacity 
it's still great news. As of Wednesday the 2nd, I think I've got that right. Is it Wednesday the 2nd? Uh, yes, Wednesday the 2nd of December. Football fans in Tier 1 and Tier 2 are allowed back into stadiums. So if you're Tier 1, you can have up to 4,000 uh, fans. And if you're Tier 2, you can have up to 2,000. Or I think the minimum is 50% uh, capacity, whatever's less, I think they've said. It's really confusing. But basically, we're going to be able to see fans in Vicarage Road. Now, Ben, great news. Unfortunately, on Wednesday, we're away, so we can't take advantage of it straight away. But for Cardiff, we'll be seeing 2,000 fans at the Vic. How good is this news? It's amazing. It's the yeah. news we've all wanted to hear, isn't it? I think there's a lot of people a bit scared still to get back out there until it's until the virus is fully gone. But the, yeah. the large majority of supporters just cannot wait to set foot back into Victory Drive. I think I think it will be an emotional day for people walking back in because it's been so long. Like we religiously go to Vicarage Road and support our team, don't we? Yeah. Week in, week out. And to not do it for so long, it, 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 it's hurt. But yeah, absolutely can't wait. And fingers crossed that whoever's entered the ballot, they, they, they get an opportunity to watch Watford um, pretty soon. Um, I, I just can't wait for it. It's, it's going to be like Christmas Day, isn't it? <laughs> if, if, if it's Or um, Charlie in a Chocolate Factory to see if you've got the golden ticket to see if <laughs> you're allowed back into the stadium. But yeah, I can't wait. It's, it's fantastic news. And 2,000 fans, I, I know we probably would have wanted more, but look, that's still 2,000 fans to get behind the boys. Um, yes, there probably won't be a, a great atmosphere because... Not everyone's going to be, well, you, you're not going to be grouped together. There's going to be distance between fans. So you, you can't really get that atmosphere going. But it's, I think it, it's going to give the players a massive lift just seeing fans in the, in the stadium and bums on seats. Yeah, well, James, as Ben has just said, it'll be a massive lift to the boys. Home form's not being a problem this season. I believe we've now got the best home record in the division. Um, but the fact that we've been playing this well at home with no fans. Surely, even two thousand <laughs> fans will um, will will sh sort of help the lads even more. Like, what what can we achieve? Like, it's great news, and uh, to 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 have two thousand fans in, I know it's not going to be the same, James. Where it's going to be a packed out house, singing, chanting. There's there's rumours that they're even banning chanting, shouting, mm. uh, no alcohol. Uh, although that wouldn't affect you, James, but. Um, in terms of the, the singing and shouting aspect of it, do, do you think? Do, 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 I think what I'm trying to say is, are you looking at it as, yeah, two thousand fans in? That's brilliant. Or would you rather wait until everyone's allowed back in and we can do whatever? No, so I think for me, and I think obviously Ben um, applied for the ballot as well as well as me. And um, when you applied for it, you had to agree to a very long list of terms and conditions, which included oh, okay. um, no excessive chanting, um, wearing your mask in certain places in the stadium, obviously maintaining social distancing where possible. And I think some fans looked at that and thought, they just don't they don't want to go when it's like that. They want it to be back normal with twenty thousand fans in there, the rookery end. Um, all singing their hearts out, and I think some fans just didn't didn't apply based on them terms and conditions you had to adhere to. But I can't see how they're going to stop two thousand people from from chanting players' names. To be honest with you, and I think for players like Jeremy Ngakia, who has had a great start to the season, um, to have fans in there and um, being able to support him um, will only increase his confidence. And um, and yeah, overall, it's going to be a huge benefit to the players. And even for away games where. Where, the, where we're playing away and the home team has fans. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think even then it will, it will make the players um, feel, feel better and incre increase their confidence because they're performing to people. They're not performing to empty stands. So even, even when we're playing away from home, it will be a benefit to us, I believe. Bloody hope so, because we are terrible away. Um, I hope so. Let's, yeah. let's improve that form. Yeah, let's... Uh, it'll, anything. It'll, It'll benefit Troy Deeney as well, won't it? Because he gets oh. stick away from home as well. So he yeah. absolutely love it. He was saying the other day, I don't know if you boys have seen it, he did an interview with Hive Live and he was saying that it's just not the same um, playing right. football with no fans on it. It's like reserve team football. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's great to bring back for fans and also for Ivic as well. Being a new manager who's came into the club and he's not had that interaction with fans, it'd be good for him to actually see fans in the stadium and supporting the team. Does he look like the type of bloke that would interrupt with the fans? <laughs> <laughs> he might glare at you. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I don't think he'd, uh, he'd be having many snaps with uh, kids at the family fun day or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if he'd uh, turn up for once. He could be the poster boy for the fun day. It'd just be his glare is the poster. Uh, but yeah, no, the catwalk, would not he? <laughs> God, can you imagine him doing that? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. The less said about that, the better, I think. But yeah, 2,000 fans in the week. I, I, I know some people are umming and ahhing. Personally, I haven't entered the ballot because I, unfortunately, um, uh, live in a tier three area. I know it's to be reviewed every two weeks, so fingers crossed that it happens and I can. But uh, as it stands, I'm in tier three and uh, can't do anything. So yeah, a little bit disappointing, but I think it's going to benefit us. And the, the fact that it, it's going to be home fans, I think we... It's a brave, brave call, but we, I think we'll carry this home form on for the rest of the season. I'm not saying we won't lose at home all season, but I think we'll lose I think we'll lose less than three at home all season. I'm saying maybe one or two. Uh, that is a very big shout from me very early on in the season, but I just we, we look so much more comfortable at home, and hopefully the addition of fans will, uh, will help that, and uh, the boys can be... Uh, we, we can cheer on the boys soon enough and hopefully with the vaccine news as well, it means that the, the coronavirus will be gone and, well, it will be sort of maintained and whatnot and we can get a full Vicarage Road, fingers crossed, and hopefully I'll be able to come then. Um, and then another thing as well, before we quickly talk about Nottingham Forest, which is on the horizon, um, tomorrow, Monday, the 30th of November, it's that time of year again, it's the FA Cup we are ball number 40 in the draw for the third round on, um, on at 7pm. I don't know if it's on the one show. Uh, I really hope not because I think it destroys the integrity of the cup and it's almost taking a mickey out of it. No, it almost is. Uh, I, I watched... Um... James sounds like the kind of guy who loves the one show, by the way. He'll be there really in his cup of tea watching the, the one show. He'll have it recorded. It's all, He's got how, dare it, how dare he say that about the one show? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get ridiculed just, this forever. What's he's coming up on the screen? James disconnected from the call. call. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, I, I watched an interview, right, on TalkSport. Uh, they put clips up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and Adrian Durham is a bloke who divides opinion like no other. And uh, he's like the Piers Morgan of TalkSport, I think, but... Um, he said a few years ago, uh, well, no, not even a few years ago, it was last season, he was on about the integrity of the cup. They're worried that it's being destroyed. He says it's not because of anything like in terms of the fixture congestion. He says the draw for the FA Cup was on the one show. And he's absolutely right. The FA Cup, and maybe our older listeners will be able to appreciate this more, when the FA Cup final was on, you, you sort of planned your day around it. It was like the FA Cup finals today. Everyone's watching it. The whole family are watching it. The FA Cup is starting to lose that little bit of magic, I think. And sticking it on the one show, I don't know if it is on the one show. I'm hoping it is because this argument can stay valid. But um, sticking it on the one show, I think, is a, it's a bit of a disgrace, to be honest. But that's a rant over. And I'm sorry, Jones. Sorry for uh, <laughs> slagging off the one show. I'm sure I you'll be... Like uh, yeah. I feel like if the BBC wants to, like, if they've got the rights to show it, why don't they show it after Football Focus on Saturday or do it before match of the day starts at, like, quarter past ten in the evening? I just don't no, get why they have to put it on. Bed by then, mate. So will James with his cup of tea. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I'm getting, I'm getting bullied here. <laughs> That's why we brought you on, James. <laughs> Someone's got it. Uh, but no, um, or even Ben, do a separate show for it. How long does a draw take, realistically? 20 minutes? Off the top of my head, maybe? You're, not, you're telling me that they can't put a slot in, which is just the draw itself. If, if, I'll, I'll be interested to hear, actually, if anyone agrees with what I'm saying in terms of destroying the integrity and the, the sort of respect of the cup by putting it on the one show. 
Let me know in the comments, please, guys. Have we got any BBC One producers listening to the podcast? Let oh, us know. Do you know what? Do you know what? Someone did. Ben got approached by a BBC producer to do something for the radio. Oh, yeah, BBC she Radio follows, One, yeah. She follows me still, so I'm hoping she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> any, that's, that's me writing any BBC work up in the future. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Can we just rewind? <laughs> BBC One show. Brilliant show. Absolutely no. Um, but, yeah, that is on. Guys, just quickly, any names in the hat that you, you perhaps want? Any ones that you're looking out for? Obviously, it's not going to be the same because we're not going to be able to bloody go. But still, anyone in particular, Ben? Surely, they beat Peterborough last night. I feel like they deserve to play a big side like ourselves. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, be, uh, James? <laughs> no, I'm not sure, really. Probably probably a Premier League team, just to test oh, how just to test on. how we get... Oh, Mike, come no, on. No, no, come, come on, carry on. <laughs> you know, obviously, you, you saw how we played against Tottenham in pre-season, and, and I just think that, that if, we, if we can get a good result against, against the top division team, it would prove to the players that, that they can still compete at that level, and... and and if we do go up, that, that should give them confidence. And look, we, we all love a cut run. And, and you never know what's going to happen um, this season. We, we could be back at Wembley in May with fans. Um, you know, you never know. And, and I think, um, I think in a season like this, I know last year we didn't really want to focus on, on the cup competitions. And we went out quite early on. Um, but I think this year, pushing for promotion, um, it will be good to have a cut run alongside that. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I've got a question for you, boys. Do you think it will disrupt us if we have a cut I'm run, just, if we want promotion? Because I, I think it might. Say that. I'm not sure. And James, I'm not even saying this because we, we, we like to uh, have a bit of banter with you. But I, I just think that a cut run would just distract a uh, promotion run. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think it'll be good. I'm, I'm not. I'm not expecting us to get to the final, of course. But I, th- I think even if we got through um, two or three a couple rounds, of rounds, yeah, a couple of rounds against good opposition, like an Arsenal or something like, like that. Get to like a quarter, quarters maybe. Yeah, but then, yeah. But then, that, that, that. But, but then, when you get to the quarter, you, you want to go on and do more. So we'll be disappointed. It's a bit of catch twenty two, to be honest. I'd love a cut run, and do you know what? I, I'm not for one minute suggesting that surely are going to be walking out at Wembley in the FA Cup final this season, but don't be surprised if smaller teams do well this season in the FA Cup. They they've got hardly any fans to to play up well to play against, so there's there's no pressure. Obviously, these non-league sides are usually backed by masses of fans, so that helps. But they're used to playing in front of small or no crowds at all, so I think it will suit them better. Um, but yeah, so a Premier League side for James, surely for Ben. Uh, I'm absolutely gutted that my local non-league side, Solihull Moors, lost to Morecambe 4-2 after extra time yesterday because I definitely would have uh, would, would have loved a, a draw against Solihull Moors. Uh, I probably want Morecambe now so we can get revenge for uh, Solihull Moors. Um, but yeah, no, a lower league side, a little bit of a cut run, maybe get to the quarters. Uh, but then again, I'd, I'd want to, if we get to the quarters, I'd want to go on. I'd be gutted if we didn't make the semis. But who knows what this, can, this team can do. Um, but without the distraction of the FA Cup, we have got another league game, another midweek league game coming up. They are coming thick and fast now, boys. You know it's the business end of the season. Uh, well, you're getting your teeth stuck into the season now. Um, the prospect of Nottingham Forest on Wednesday night. Um, usually I would be quite confident but I just know that we're away Forest don't look great this season uh, as I've mentioned before I live with a Nottingham Forest fan and I live in Nottingham so plenty of my mates are Forest fans but I don't mean to sound sort of down about it but I, I just I worry where this one's going to go Ben do, do you agree? Because Purely because we're away if this was Forest at home then I'd have no qualms in saying I think we'd win comfortably. But because we're away, something doesn't click for us, does it? Um, it doesn't click for us when we're away from home, no. But I feel like I've seen enough in the last two performances away at Bristol City and at home to Preston to see that we're finally clicking. I thought with Seba and Kapu out the team, we would really struggle. But I think we've shown our quality and depth here in our squad. And I think Garner and Quinn are thriving, playing week in, week out. And our midfield three is actually working well now. So I actually think we could go there and actually get a victory. Um, 
okay. Wednesday night against Forrester. I think Forrester been poor. Yes, they've changed their manager. They've got Chris Hewton now. They had a little bit of that new manager bounce, haven't they? That lifted them a little bit up the table. But since then, they've gone on to lose 2-0 to Barnsley away and 2-0 to Bournemouth away. And today, they're facing a very informed side in Swansea City. So that could be three defeats in a row for Forrest. So mm. I think confidence is going to be low for them and confidence is going to be high for us. We just need to try and turn that home form into a really good away form now. Yeah, fancy losing away to Barnsley. They must be rubbish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I'll I tell you what, because we're not going to touch on in massive depths on this, finish off your opinion there, Ben, with a score prediction and your scorers, please. Oh, I'm going 3-1 Watford. OK, you think Forrest will score? They've only scored nine goals so far this season. I believe that's... Yeah, but- with our away form though I think Forrest will probably score Um, but yeah I'm going for a Troy Dini goal Ismail Saar and Jao Pedro Jao Pedro well James your turn how do you think the game's going to pan out considering we're away Um, our our away form is is nothing to write home about this season Uh, in seven away games we've picked up seven points uh, and Nottingham Forest their home form in six home games they've picked up eight points so, sort of similar positions. How do you how do you see this one panning out on Wednesday night? I think that Preston game's got to be a turning point in our season. Right it's a bit. comprehensive win. And I'd like to think we'd go away to Nottingham Forest and really put them away, to be honest. They're sitting 21st in the table at the moment. Obviously, they've got a game in hand as they play today as we're recording this podcast. Uh, but I'm going to go with a 2-0 Watford, um, Troy Deeney and Nathaniel Chalaber to get Chalibur another again. goal. Wow. Again, yeah. Did you see that um, goal from Chalabar? It was his first league goal for Watford since 2013. <laughs> That's crazy. Was it, it's crazy. Was it against Wolves, that goal, the last goal he scored? I think it was against Leicester. Was it that Thunderbolt that we were talking about earlier in the show? That no, I'm sure he scored one more time after that. I don't know. He makes us look massively unprofessional. I thought you'd have got the goal that he scored last time. <laughs> You had one job. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think Chalaber will thrive now. I, I think the Chalaber out brigade, uh, if there is such thing, uh, I, I think will slowly disappear because you, you would be surprised the wonders that that will do to his confidence. Um, so, James, you're going 2 0. Ben, you're going 3 1. I, listen, I know Forrest are 21st and they've got Swansea today, so it could be a pasting. But I. <laughs> It's just a way. I'm hoping, because I think we're going to change formation again because Andre Gray's not available. Uh, I hope we don't. If we stick with the same formation and just bring Jao Pedro in for for Andre, um, then I could see us winning. Not as convincingly, I don't think, because I think Preston are a better side than uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, But I just... I'm going to go... 2-1 2-1 and I think it's going to be a late goal that wins it and an early goal that starts the game so we'll go 1-0 up Forrest will equalise um, sort of midway through the game and it'll look like we're heading for another draw and then we'll nick it late on I'm going to go with Saar to score the opener and then if I'm going to go a centre-back's going to score from a corner I don't know who because he keeps chopping and changing the centre-backs but I you got a crystal ball here, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading the script. That's the very in depth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, so it's that man upstairs that made him not watch the Watford game yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he's he's dropped me a text. He says, "Yeah, Mike." He says, "Watford are going to win two-one on Wednesday night." There's there's a little gem for your podcast. But yeah, I think a two-one win. And listen, I I really really do hope that that uh, performance yesterday is a turning point for us. Hopefully, we've found the right formation. Yes, we will see it chop and change again because we can't play like that throughout the season um, because we'll get found out. But I think Wednesday night, we can pick up another three points, keep the pressure on the uh, teams above us because we're only a point beyond Bournemouth because they dropped points to Rotherham. Uh, lol. Uh, and we're only two points beyond Norwich, who I did look at Norwich's side and I don't. I think they've been hit by COVID massively because they had... They, couldn't fill their they had, bench. They had six academy players on the bench, didn't they? Yeah, so I don't know what's happening there. I, hope, I, I mean, I, I wish nothing bad on the players, but 
I, I sound it might sound harsh, but we have to capitalise with with situations like these. Uh, and if we can get three points, we uh, well, look, we've been hit by COVID as well. We yeah, we yeah. we have three players that have been taken out. There's no confirmation on the players, but I think it's it's quite obvious to I see think. that Semmer and Kapu are two yeah. of them, and then the rumours were um, Glenn Murray. But it would another one be Tom Cleverley because we've not really heard anything after his injuries, and then they said or he was going to be fit for for. Um, Bristol City and we've not heard anything out of that but look I think we've probably got more squad death haven't we um, yeah. and Norwich so it, it, it's hit Norwich and they've suffered but I think we're, we're actually thriving for it I, I, a quick one before we wrap up mm. I saw someone on Twitter say the other day saying do you think we've actually taken a backwards step since the old gods that came back in, like the likes of Capu and Troy Deeney and that? And like at the start of the season, we was getting results with the youngsters because they probably got a bit more hunger and desire. And since maybe some of them have gone back out the side, like Cleverly and Capu, the younger players have maybe stepped up again. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think it's... I'm going off one game here, but if Troy can churn out performances like he did yesterday, I think going forward... That wouldn't be the case. But I think in the past, possibly yes. Um, James, what would your view be on that? I don't, I don't think so. I think players like Etienne, Capu, Troidini, they are quality, quality players. I think sometimes in the past we've had an issue, um, maybe with some bad personalities in terms of player power in a dressing room and obviously um, a lot of dismissals of managers and maybe some of the more senior players um, might have contributed to that. But no, I don't think it's a problem. And, and it's always good to have um, senior players in your side, especially with us, with with such a young team that we've got coming through at the moment, it's always good to have to have them leaders there to you know to guide them and and mentor them young players. So no, not got a problem at all. Yeah, well, hopefully, as I say, you know the the lots of Troy churning out performances like that going forwards can spur the others to do the same, and we'll uh, we'll see consistent performances like yesterday. Um, but yeah, that's. About all we've got time for. Thank you, ladies and gents, for, for sticking by us and listening to us. It, it's, it's always great to record after a, such a convincing win. Uh, hopefully, um, I, I won't be called to um, any emergency wallpaper stripping on a Wednesday night. Um, I'll be telling him very politely where to go if he does. But, um, yeah, Wednesday night, let's hope that we'll be talking about three points. Don't forget, myself and Ben, We'll be on YouTube Live on Wednesday, straight after the game, uh, to talk about hopefully three points picked up at the City Ground. Um, and thank you very much, James. Uh, James, obviously, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, James will be joining us for the slightly bigger games to help us cover um, cover the, the performances. And it's worked in great effect for this game because we've been able to talk at length about such an amazing game. So uh, thank you very much for coming on, James. No problem. Thank you. Uh, don't forget as well to follow James's Watford Way channel that he does superbly, uh, linking fans globally, Watford fans globally, um, and he does a superb job. He's on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at the Watford Way is the handle. Uh, and don't forget as well to follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, run it all. Uh, and yeah, myself and Ben will be back on Wednesday on YouTube Live to talk about that game. And we'll be back on Sunday, next Sunday, to talk about the Cardiff game, where we're hoping we're going to have a special guest, which will be uh, announced sort of later on uh, in the week. Um, So keep your eyes peeled for that one. But yeah, thank you very, very much, guys, for listening. Uh, We really do appreciate the support. Hopefully another three points is on the way on Wednesday night. Take care, stay safe, and we'll be back in football grounds before you know it. Take care, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.